to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch with Eric Steven, recording on a Sunday, changing things up, uh, thanks to my new dad-related schedule. Thank you for making the adjustment. Yep, uh, happy to do it. Uh, also, selfishly, like we usually record on a Monday, and some of the Mondays of the season I'm taking off, so I'm making those actual off days instead of you know half off days or whatever, so... Part of it's selfish, but yeah, but yeah, I totally did it for you. Another thing you're doing totally for me is I was busy during the game yesterday uh, with with said child, so you're making me watch this. Uh, the clip I have says Enrique Hernandez breaks up no no, so uh, I, but, but you're yeah, referring I, it to as the Hunter Pence play. Yes, yeah, so the, just setting the stage. Uh, Dodgers were down, I believe, four nothing at that point. Possibly no five nothing. Five nothing. And uh, I see this. Um, uh, yeah, Johnny Cueto had not allowed a hit. He didn't allow a hit through the first five innings, and uh, Kike Hernandez was at the plate. That's, that's this is all, the, uh, all setup you need. This is the after this, this is the seventy pinch. So this is after the sixty ninth pitch. I'm hitting play. <laughs> nice. I want to say what uh, is being said, but that might get us in trouble. Yeah, it's so it's a fly ball. I see the fly ball. <laughs> I, I i i just for the record i i wanted to make sure your actual reaction was on air because the play was so ridiculous like so, and here's the thing yeah. you had like you text you're usually busy during the game you know with show notes and all that so or game notes i should say so you will very rarely text me you'll usually answer me if i'm texting you something about the game um but you on your own volition texted me saying we're only all, all we're going to talk about tomorrow is, is this play. So you had hyped it up. So I was almost prepared that I would have to have sort of an, an earnest reaction that I yeah. have to kind of fake it. And no, I, I, I was expecting it to like Matt Carpenter style, like hit him in the balls. Yeah. Uh, and that's not what happened. That was great. Uh, uh, I don't. So yeah, it was crazy. Uh, like Did the Dodgers really I, uh, lose yesterday. That feels like a yeah. victory. They did. They they came back like that inning. They scored four runs, um, and but then they just never got the, the the fifth run, and they just they lost. But like um, that play was, it made me laugh out loud very hard. Like because it's one it's one thing to like you know you miss a ball in the lights. So he was just, so you confident, just lose it. <laughs> and, but like the way he was coming in, but then how far it was it was like it was like a hundred feet behind him and, and like it was just amazing so uh, yeah i don't know it was crazy um, yeah I, I i noticed because i got free of my duties when i thought the game might still be going on i thought it still might even be the eighth but apparently uh they went quickly into the night and i turned on and the game was over so oh yeah it was bad so but like that play like you feel bad because like if the Dodgers only got two hits in the game, but um, and that that was a triple, by the way. Um, but just to ha- like to have to have that break up a no hitter, like first of all, it's only the sixth, 
So like, you know, but if that would have been the only hit, that would have been a rough way to not have a no hitter, you know, mm-hmm. but like Pence felt terrible about it. And he said so after the game, but he tweeted something today, like with a jokey meme about like, I think the, the ball behind him was 2020. And, but then he was like, he, he was a really good sport about it, as you might expect. Yeah. He seems like a good dude, but that was, it was just so funny, like in just to watch him person, just because it, he was so far, like it was just <laughs> It was so funny. I uh, loved it. Well, we're behind on doing a little work on a uh, little work, a little, little <laughs> commercial. We're going to do a little commercial. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dodgers, you know, pretty fine sort of lackluster week. Um, and then we've got a Dodgers rewind, a, another Jacob Birch era player. We have questions from Craig that were sent to us five minutes ago, doing it live, doing great. Talk to you all after this. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah, kind of a... I mean, both the season and the the last seven or so games that um, have happened since we last talked. Eh, eh, eh plus, what are we what are we thinking about this yes, this team so performance so far? We recorded uh, last Saturday before they played, um, and then what? Since then, they're five and two, and they're they're ten and five on the season. The Dodgers are. Which is a forty and twenty pace for sixty games, so like that's perfectly fine. It's weird that like so they've been technic or like uh, in a virtual tie, I guess is the way to put it, in for for first place. I think three or four different days in the last couple weeks, but they actually haven't had the best winning percentage in the division since the second day of the season uh, because the Rockies have been so hot. Um, to start the year, like the Rockies are 11 and three right now 
And like I just so like Matt Kemp's batting cleanup for them today, and like it's all working. Their pitching has been really good. So like yeah, that's kind of a thing that's it's weird. But like the Dodgers are mostly good. Like you know, I, but there's just been like little weird things, and I think that we'll probably get into that a little bit today. But um, what struck me, uh, I guess, so it has been you know over a week since we recorded, and we we lived through. Um, like the start and seemingly end of a Mookie Betts injury. Uh, he was injured on Sunday uh, in Arizona. He he hurt his uh, middle finger on his left hand on a swing. On a he fouled the pitch off, and it started to like swell up. He said like the uh, the adrenaline like helped him get through the rest of the bat. He homered on that at bat, by the way. Of course. And and then uh, like after the after the home run, like it started to swell up and, and feel worse. And so like he played in the field, I, I can't remember if it was one or two more innings, but he didn't bat again. They took him out. Uh, and then he didn't bat at all in the series in San Diego. And he played like two of the games late as a defensive replacement in right field uh, coming into it. So I guess it was Friday. He said he, at some point he probably could have played Wednesday, but the training staff was like, no, we'll make sure it's a hundred percent and like get in. They were off Thursday, so basically got four full days off of you know from at least from batting. Uh, and then he he doubled and homered in his first two at bats Friday, so it's like okay, we get it, like that's cool. But like that's like all well and normal, like it, that's sort of a a normal progression. And then like just sort of randomly, and this was Max Muncy letting this slip. He was doing a. Max Muncy has been like slumping. He actually homered Friday, but he was he was in a five for forty six slump in in between that and like his two homer game on the second day of the season, and he's been mostly like slumping this year. Um, but he was talking with Alana Rizzo, uh, talking about like his early going, and he's like, "Yeah, when I when I broke my finger in in summer camp," and Alana's like, "Wait, did you break it?" And he's like. Oh, I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but yeah, <laughs> he was like, uh, so, uh, but then, so I went and looked back. So he, he, um, broke the, uh, it was his left ring finger getting hit by a pitch in, uh, I think Alex Wood threw it on. It was the first inter-squad game they played. It was July 5th. He missed about 10 days without like swinging at all, like in a, in squad games. Um, so that's like normal, but then he's been like sort of coming back from that. But it's one of those things where you wonder, like, they were super careful with bets. I, but the fact that Muncy missed the time in um, summer camp, like, you just wonder, like, why weren't they as aggressive as, uh, you know, they could have like put him on the injured list to start the season. But like, he has been walking, what, like, his, his normal plate discipline's there. But like, yeah, just kind of struggling. He's, he's hit four home runs, but. Hasn't really done much otherwise. I just thought that was weird that, like, well, A, they kept it under wraps. That I get, I sort of get that on some level, but uh, the fact that they didn't, like, put him on the injured list, given their depth, like, they could have withstood him missing, like, a week or whatever it would have taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was weird, um, but it's just, you know, I don't know. It seemed weird to me. So. Mookie Betts is a really good sort of almost reverse microchasm of because Mookie Betts started off cold if we if we recall yeah, that was a yeah. lot of fear I don't I think that fear is gone wouldn't you say Oh yeah for sure he was like uh, so 
early on it was like Corey Seager was like hitting the ball really hard every every at bat just about, and then like uh, Mookie Betts started to like catch up to him. Like in that that last week, um, he was hitting like every ball hard, and then he had I believe it was double homer in that Sunday to end his Sunday game in Arizona. Then he didn't bat for three days. Then he came back and went double homer again. (laughs) And so like, but yeah, like, so he's been doing, you know, fine when, when he's healthy, but yeah, but you clearly see, like he also had that throw. We talked about the throw, I think last week Mm -hmm. um, in, in Phoenix. So he, he's doing like just about everything you expect, I think from him. But that kind Um, of, uh, yeah, just sort of, off hitting is is everywhere else um yeah do you want to start with max muncie his, his hurt finger brother yeah so like he's like coming into today he's hitting 169 uh, with a 310 on base and 407 slugging so the on base for that average is actually pretty good i'm about to say yeah the isolated but, but, but like, walk is yeah. actually pretty good as, as so, it tends to be with him right yeah, and so like, and the power is good too, but it's just like, yeah, you wonder like, you know, if it would have been better if they had like put him on the injury list. But he's not alone. Like, you know, a lot of the the player like across baseball, like, um, like batting average is like super low. I I think I saw something like six teams are hitting two fifty. Like, you know, obviously batting average isn't the end all be all, but like the Dodgers are hitting two thirty four as a team right now. They're averaging um, like five, what five point four runs a game. So like, and it's interesting. Pr- it, it's producing. interesting in that this yeah. may actually be a very good time to use batting average specifically, uh, uh, with the idea that perhaps like patience as a skill, ability to take a walk is a thing that isn't as as sort of timing based, isn't as sort of uh, getting the flow based, whereas hitting a baseball. Uh, frequently you, you'll hear hitters talk about it all the time is. And so if you suddenly get put back into season and only have one week to warm up, you would think hitting is amongst the things uh, along with um, pitcher durability. Um, yeah. And those are the two things we're really seeing be affected by this kind of weird, uh, uh, weird season. Right. And then also the fact that the season's short, like, uh, you know, there, there, I think there's going to be a lot of like, um, hitters like like good hitter goodish hitters like not terrible who end up hitting like one who might end up with the season hitting like you know two oh four but mm-hmm. like but also like have like a one oh one oh eight OPS plus or something you know or something like that I don't like for instance Muncie right he's hitting one sixty nine his OPS plus is one oh three like yeah <laughs> it's it's weird but like uh, so like Cody Bellinger he's ten for sixty right now uh, he's we talked about him like changing his swing. He's he already went back to like his old swing, but he's still just kind of like scuffling a little bit. Um, and he hasn't really had the the power and the the or the walks uh, really like so like he's just been pretty bad all the way around. But like I think that's it's reasonable to expect that to improve a tad. Like he's not going to hit one sixty seven, but it's just weird. Like I don't know. Um, I also think it's a thing where. Almost, it's it's going to be really easy to write off anything that happens, even if it's the entirety of this season, going into next year, assuming next year resembles normalcy, and it might not. But if, but if it does, I, I think it's going to be so hard to say, oh, we're worried about Cody Bellinger because he had a bad, wacky 2020 season. Um, you just yeah. kind of move on from that. 
yeah, there, there's like a good chance, like you. There, well, there, there's going to be a lot of teams that like they'll just look, go like they'll just write something off, like yeah, well, just just forget that, right? Like just forget yeah. 2020 that that never happened. But like, but you're right too. Like <laughs> starting pitchers, like I believe league wide as of today, are still averaging under five innings to start mm-hmm. because people weren't built up. And then so you're getting deeper into bullpens, but like even even with like that like pitcher attrition, also there's been pitchers getting hurt, um, like you know Woods on the DL, Kershaw already missed time on the. See, I said DL, damn it. Um, <laughs> Kershaw already missed time on the injured list, so like uh, it's a thing. And like, but still, hitters are a little behind, at least like from the batting average standpoint. So you know we've seen this in recent years, obviously. Hits are down, strikeouts are up, uh, but power is way up. So, like, but if it gets to an extreme, it's like, man, it, that's that's a rough that's a rough go, mm-hmm. you know. Like, but I think again, it's still early. But the thing is about a sixty-game season, we're at like the quarter point of the season, um, and like, man, it's it's striking like how little time there is left. Like, uh, I, I've been like doing like Dodgers and Angels stuff. The Angels are like. The, their lineup is just decimated by slumps right now. Like, uh, and like, I think Anthony Rendon is hitting as we're, as we speak, like one Oh five. Um, but he has like a, a three seventy on base. It's, it's super weird. So like, and like, you know, he'll make, he'll get better, but then you wonder like, I don't know. It's just going to be, there's going to be some weird numbers this year and I don't know really what it means. <laughs> so who knows? Well, it's weird. Catching back up, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Corey Seager hitting the tar off the ball. He also got a little hurt. It, I, one of the things that I've just noticed is previously, when the Dodgers have kind of entered slump mode, they've actually been also losing a lot, um, yeah. or you know, relatively to the expectations. And here, they're yeah, I would say their their record is maybe a little bit below expectations, especially with just how juiceless they look in those losses. Um, but for the most part, considering how off a lot of the team, and in Corey Seager's case, uh, hurt he is right now, for the Dodgers to be where they're at, that's pretty good. But we should probably catch up on what's actually bothering Corey Seager. Yeah, and like just a quick thing before I get to Corey Seager, how, another weird thing. Like, um, they still haven't started a catcher on consecutive days yet. And um, Will Smith has, has started more times than Barnes, but like he started the day before and after a day off uh, both times. <laughs> and, like, so they worked it that way. But, like, mostly they're, it's, like, every other day it's been very weird. They have a stretch now of 17 straight games that they're going to play. Like, the next two weeks they're, they're not off at all. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they divvy that up. They've also had every starter pitch on uh, at least five days rest. That ends Wednesday if they stick to the rotation. As of now, it looks like they're going to do that at least this time through. But you have to figure they're going to uh, – slot in like Tony Gonsolin for yeah. another spot start or something. But it's, yeah, it's just weird little things like that, how they've sort of dealt with it. Like to, uh, you know, like I said, short ramp up, who knows, but yeah. So Cordy Seager, um, I believe when he recorded last week and I can't remember if, if by then he had already fouled, he fouled the ball off of his calf. And that was like a, some of a, somewhat of a concern. He ended up getting through that pretty easily but then also he, he uh, his quad uh, his left quad was tight, and um, so he I believe he hurt that Sunday, or, or, or he felt that Sunday. He uh, 
the first two games in San Diego, he was designated a hitter. He didn't miss any games then uh, for this, but he, he was DH for two days before going back to shortstop. So then he was fine. And we so we interviewed him Friday. He was the 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 way this sort of uh, Zoom interviews work is the team generally it's Dave Roberts pregame postgame every day. They'll generally make a, a, a player available before the game. Um, it, I don't, it's kind of random. Sometimes it's the next day's starting pitcher, but not always. But then after the game, you always get to speak with like that day's starting pitcher plus maybe another player. Um, so we happened to talk to Seeger Friday before the game. And like a lot of that interview, he's like, man, I just feel really confident in my body this year. Like, he's like, I feel great. And he's like talking about all this stuff. And then uh, – I guess he dove for a ball that was a single to left field in the second inning. That's when he felt something in his back. And then first play of the third inning was like a play up the middle to Chris Taylor at second. He fielded it like in front of the bag. Seager was trailing the play, but then kind of pulled up. And then he just, the trainer came out and he walked off the field with the trainer. So, uh, like it, it was, they say lower back discomfort, um, he had um, an MRI, and Dave Roberts said that came back clean. But, like, he's day-to-day. As of today, Dave Roberts said they are not uh, um, planning to put him on the injured list, that they're just waiting it out for now. So, like, that's somewhat of a positive sign. But it's still, like, it might be a little bit – like, he didn't do any baseball activities yesterday. I believe he's not doing anything today. So it's just a matter of wait and see. Like, and then they don't have any off days like this week. So, uh, if they could just hang with him, like maybe not playing for a couple more days, that's that's probably what they're going to do. Going back, uh, also mixing in, you mentioned um, uh, Kershaw's nagging injuries to start the start the season, and you also mentioned uh, just uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the sort of uh, Jekyll and Hyde part of the the season, so to speak. Kershaw uh, in um, imaging man, I cannot talk today. <laughs> Resembling that in his two first two starts of the season. Yeah, and, and like I said, we when we recorded last Saturday, uh, Kershaw was going to come off the DL to start Sunday, which he did. And like, look, I, I don't, I'm not a, a super, I'm not always watching the radar gun, like you know, checking out stuff. There are times when you're like, when it seems sort of important. I think that last Sunday was for Kershaw just to see where he was at because he, he did a lot of offseason work with driveline to try to work on his fastball and, like, uh, refine some other pitches too. But, like, he lost, like, a good, like, two um, and then off of his peak maybe three miles an hour off the fastball the last couple of years. So, like, that was a big thing to watch that. And, like, and he looked awesome on Sunday. Like, there was he was really good. Um, he averaged 92 miles an hour. He hit 93 a few times. Uh, but the telling set, so he, he, he pitched into the six, didn't give up a run against Arizona. The telling part for that, that game was he had 20 pitches that were clocked by baseball savant at, uh, 92 miles an hour or higher. And he had 19 all of last season. So like, that's a big deal. Like a Kershaw with like, who's sitting like 91, 92, as opposed to 89, 90 is like, um, is way better, you know, like just the, there's a diff, more a better difference with the slider. Um, it's just more effective. Um, and like, you know, like we, we talk about this, like it is important to put this in perspective. Like his ERA was like barely over three last year. Um, 
and like that's considered like a bad year for Kershaw, right? When it, when you would take that like by any member of the rotation mm-hmm. uh, on any team. So like this is all relative, but like it, when when you're you have like a history like Kershaw does of being dominant, uh, you know he's probably not going to be dominant again like he was. But like the if he's able to sort of be in that fastball range, like he's going to be just fine. Um. He he was sort of like last night. He started again at home on Saturday. He averaged ninety one and a half, which is like he averaged um, like uh, nine. I forgot the exact total. I think it was ninety point something last year on his on his fastball. So that's still above. He had nine pitches, ninety two plus. So like even if he's in that range, he's going to be generally fine. But then it, what popped up was what's been like Kershaw in recent years is he gets. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if ambush is the right word because they're hitting different pitch, pitches. But he gives up. He's been more prone to giving up home runs in recent years, and he gave up uh, three to the Giants for the first time ever uh, on Saturday, and he ended up taking the loss in that game. He was already out of the game by the time uh, the uh, Kiki Hernandez quote unquote triple uh, to break up the no hitter. Um, so included in the three home runs, Austin Slater and Mike Yastrzemski took him deep. In the third inning, that was the first time Kershaw's ever allowed two home runs in an inning to the Giants. Uh, also, Austin Slater homered again in the fifth. He's the only Giant ever uh, to homer twice in a game against Kershaw. Now, my trivia for you, Jacob, is... Yes. Um, before Saturday, the Giants had two home runs in a game as a team only twice. I will, As a hint, I will tell you one was in 2016, one was in 2017. Mm-hmm. My question to you is how many of the four that's four different players who hit those home runs? How many of those four can you name? So I have to name Giants players. Giants players who hit wow. home runs off Kershaw in these two games. Feels sacrilegious, but I will do it just for you after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Name the four players who were a part of two different games and mm-hmm. is. Four different players, right? Yes, four different players. So two games, uh, two two home runs hit against Kershaw by the Giants. So four different players. So I just wrote down, honestly, I I by I'm going by mostly play time. I'm also having a hard time remembering like the most common Dodger, or, excuse me, Giants on the front half of Clayton Kershaw's career because I'm for, I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm forgetting some extremely key names. Uh, this is how tired I am. What, the first thing that came to my head of like, ooh, uh, uh, non-Barry Bonds players who could have hit a home run in this situation, and Marquise Grissom was a name that came to my head. So that's how that's how tired I am. Uh, so, but yeah, I have four, four names. 
Uh, mostly based on longevity, and we're going to see how many I hit. So I'm going to name them all, and you'll tell me how many I get right. And if I okay. get two, I'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. Buster Posey, um, Pence, Belt, mm-hmm. and Crawford. Okay, so you're, the, the first two were correct. Hey, I'll take it. And nope, we're done. They, That's it. Yeah, I, they, I win. They, they, I, I felt it was important to include a, a positive Hunter Pence moment <laughs> since he provided us with such joy. Uh, earlier, but they, those two hit the home runs at Dodger Stadium in 2017 game. You missed the two from 2016 in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I can tell you the second home run came from uh, the one you were never going to get is Ihire uh, Adrianza. Okay. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his first name, but but the first one you you maybe should have gotten. I, but I, it was uh-huh. it was Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're right. You're right. You're, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, yeah, maybe it should have been higher on my list than I would have than I would have put because I, I knew he hit one. I don't know if I would have associated it with a, a two home run game. So he hit he's hit like at least two. Off yeah, first yeah. Off, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I just thought that was funny. But, no, that's so. great. Good question. Yeah. Good job. So we have a Dodgers rewind, but before we get to that, we do want to. No, there was no good place to put this, uh, yeah. kind of elsewhere. But we want to talk about uh, uh, a throw, two great throws being kind of the marquee plays of the Dodgers this year. Yeah, and so uh, I talked earlier how how good the Rockies have been. Like they're eleven and three, um, and and like they they've been really good. But I think what's been exciting the Padres entering Sunday are eight and seven but man they look really good like they're a fun team right even if they're even if they like don't make the playoffs and and, like everyone's gonna make the playoffs so they probably will but like um (laughs) they're just a like a fun up-and-coming team and it's just exciting and that series in San Diego was pretty great like um the Dodgers end up winning two of three and they they the Dodgers play them four times this week but that that they won the second game uh, was very much thanks to Chris Taylor. Um, the the pod the, the Dodgers were up in that game uh, seven to five to start the ninth, and Kenley Jansen allowed his first run of the year in his sixth sixth game. Uh, he was kind of scuffling a little bit. They were hitting singles off him. They weren't like necessarily driving the ball like elite, you know he wasn't giving up homers just yet. But like anyway. Um, so they had, what was it, first and third with one out, precarious situation, uh, up a run, and then Manny Machado, like, hit, like, a, not a soft liner, but, like, a, a liner to, like, medium deep left field. And then Chris Taylor, like, caught it, um, like, with momentum, like, charging in, and he unleashed, uh, I believe StatCast had it at 93 miles an hour home, and he got Trent Grisham at the plate for the last out of the game, would have been the tying run. But instead, the Dodgers got away with the win, uh, and it was awesome. I did. Did you see that play live? I did. Or, or at least, I did. Okay, yeah, because that was that was super exciting, like live. But the I think an underrated part of that too was Joe Davis. Uh, his call was excellent, and then like it was one of those where I didn't think about it till probably twenty minutes or so after the game, and you're like, oh yeah, he's he's calling the game from Dodger Stadium. He's not. He wasn't even there. And, like, you wouldn't know, like, uh, watching a lot of these games what what the challenges a lot of announcers are going through. And, like, Joe Davis um, has been particularly excellent uh, this year at that. He, I talked to him before the season about, like, how weird this year is in terms of 
calling games from when not being there and calling off a monitor. And he was, he said like, I just, I, I just hope it's as seamless as possible. And like, honestly, so far it has been, it's been really great. So, uh, this, this is going to be interesting, uh, because I, I wanted to end the talking about Chris Taylor note is there's that class of players that kind of get sometimes forgotten, um, as just kind of that, like, mid-tier player but are just so consistent producers and so great and i think chris taylor is working his way to be be a guy like that maybe maybe he'll just surpass it but uh what what is just a wonderful player right what a great acquisition but also like he's not starting today and then like but he started a lot this season We, we talked about like how you know muncie's struggling bellinger's struggling kike really hasn't hit much but like you know Chris Taylor like was slumping a little bit too, but like he started at like uh, I think three different positions, and like that's just kind of what he does. And like, and it's he, almost because he doesn't yeah. have that defined role, and he'll sit games now and then that he is sometimes. I know there's a ton of people who who love Chris Taylor and give him the respect he deserves, but it does seem like he gets kind of overlooked, and it's easy to do with so many great players on this team. But our Dodgers rewind is a player who until he became uh, a much more well-known player on other teams that I thought was on that, on that level with the Dodgers. And that's Jason Worth. Yeah. He was one of those like, you know, play all three outfield positions. Like he was really good. Like not almost seemingly out of nowhere. Like, yeah, uh, I remember uh, him but, coming out. I'm like, who is this guy? So this was, is that he debuted. You're going to go into this in 04. My first, what I would consider real deeply following the Dodgers season. Mm-hmm. So the reason he came up uh, as the rewind this week is because of Austin Slater uh, hitting two home runs against Kershaw. I think um, I don't have the list in front of me. I think it's seven, seven players have hit two home runs in a game off Clayton Kershaw, and uh, one of them's Austin Slater. Another one is Jason Worth in 2013 as a National, um, but he was the only uh, Dodger on that list. So I was like, hey, let's do him. Um, so. The Dodgers got uh, Jason Worth uh, in 2004 in a trade with the Tigers for Jason uh, Fraser, a reliever. Um, I always thought this was weird. Like, that was Paul B. Podesta's first year as GM. They hired him, like, the previous November, I want to say. Uh, I can't remember the exact timing of his hiring. but It was sometime that offseason. But... So they acquired like their two best outfielders with a week, like a week before the season. Like they got worth on March 29th. They traded for Milton Bradley on April 3rd. Opening day was April yeah, 5th. Right. Like, I remember we, this just having right before. I remember the Milton Bradley trade a little bit more, but yeah, but that like, that like never happens now. Like, you know, you, you never see like big, tra- or they, I guess they weren't really big trades. The Bradley trade was maybe bigger, but like, that's a big trade to do like a day or two before opening day, you know, but like uh, worth ended up really good, but then sort of a foreshadowing thing. He, he played in one game and, and then he got, he like hurt his oblique and was out for two months. So, uh, and then once he was back, like the second half of the year, like he was really good. And then they, they traded for uh, Steve Finley. So it was basically like worth uh, Finley and Bradley, like in the outfield. And they were like really good uh, that year. For them, uh, so he had a 115 OPS plus that year with 16 home runs in 89 games, and it's one of those things you're thinking, man, he's he's going to end up being really good. 05, he he was sort of like sidelined a little bit by injuries. He played in 102 games. He didn't hit as well. Seven homers, 22 doubles, 
but like 89 OPS plus, but then he hurt his back and he missed all of 2006. So then that's when the sort of the problem started and uh, he became arbitration eligible for 07. And the Dodgers were like, uh, with the back injury, no, I don't know. So they just non-tendered him. And like, so he's a free agent. And it's one of those, like, I sort of get it, right? He was, yeah. he wasn't that good in 05. He and was this injury was the first, prone. And yeah. I remember just thinking, I got it. But at the same time going like, man, I remember him being like, even during that bad season, just like, I, I don't know, I had belief and I was surprised. It's one thing if he was to let him go in as a free agent, but it felt like right. a arbitration year, you give him at least another shot. But money but is but money. And, and also, like, he wasn't going to make that much in arbitration. He didn't. He literally yeah. didn't play in 06. So, like, it really was, like, small potatoes. And I, Yeah, like, I don't remember the, if there the was, like, a was. weird roster spot situation. Like, mm. I, yeah, I can't remember that far back, but... I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's I doubt weird, it. But, I, considering the, uh, the years we're talking about, I, I doubt it. So, but the, so the Phillies picked him up, and then like almost immediately, he was great, like for them. <laughs> but like he 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 did miss a, a good portion of 07, But when he played, he was awesome. And like his four years with the Phillies, he averaged four wins a year. Yeah, that was including missing a half a season or almost a half a season. So like he was very good. He, he was part of their World Series winning team, part of the team that went back to the World Series in 09. Um, then he parlayed that into a seven-year, $126 million deal with the Nationals. Uh, like He joined them like before they were really good, but they were they knew they were about to get good because like, Strasburg was coming up, Harper was about to come up, um, and then like Rendon uh, they had just drafted. So like they had a, a ton of like young talent. And like he sort of helped stabilize that a little bit, I think. And they, you know, he was one of the, like their one of their like key players during that run. They they like made the playoffs a good number of years when he was there. So yeah, that that was sort of that's sort of today's the uh, slap together uh, Dodgers rewind. I thought it was neat. And I, you know, you forget like man, like 2004. Now it's funny because like 16 years ago, which it's so long, but I don't know. Um. But anyway, uh, speaking of those 2004 Dodgers, Jacob, mm. I know you paid heavy attention uh, to this team. Uh, how many players for the 2004 Dodgers hit 10 home runs? I should now. I go ahead. I say you. Well, I already said how many home runs worth hit for that team, so you should be able to get at least one. Uh huh. So I'm. You just want the number, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to name names. I want to do clarify. It was the first season I paid attention to. So like. Yeah, I was still learning, uh, but I I have I I have a guess, and that yeah. guess is seven. Okay, it's nine. Okay, I had eight written down. I should and I went I went I should have went the if, other way. If you would have said eight, I would have given it to you on a technicality in thinking that I would have said, oh well, you must not have counted Jason Worth, and then I would have ah. said, okay, you got it. But do you, do you have do you have any sort of guess uh, at trying to name the players? The biggest problem I have is blurring o four, o five, yeah. and o six together, and like trying yep. to remember who came up when. So, and there was a lot of turnover in that period yes. too. So like that's that's different. Yeah. Uh, I had Worth. Did 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 Steve Finley hit ten for the Dodgers? Oh yes, he very much did. He okay. hit thirteen in okay. two in two months. Yeah, <laughs> I remember he was hot. I remember. I just couldn't remember. If it actually got the ten. Uh, Milton Bradley. He hits. He hit nineteen. He yep. was third on the team. Um, and this is uh uh uh, Beltre. He hit forty eight. <laughs> a little, little bit. Yeah. Um. 
and this is where things sort of fall apart. Sean Green? He hit 28. Okay. Um, so, so we're up to, what do you think, four, five. I will give you a hint. No, um, hints. Makes me look even dumber. No, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. No. <laughs> two, two of the players who hit, who hit um, double digits were traded in the same trade away from Paul the Paul LaDuca? That was one. He hit 10. Um, I, man, I'm trying to remember who else. Um, okay, okay. Um Oh no! Can I remember names? <laughs> um, I can. I literally can see the player, and I can't think of his name. Uh, so go ahead and give me that one because it's gonna. Oh, I will tell you. This is a player that it's fun to hear Charlie Steiner pronounce. His I, last I name. know exactly. I know exactly who it is, and I just cannot think of his name. Juan Encarnacion. Yep. Okay. No, so that's okay. It. So that that 13. makes sense because I kept thinking like Edwin Encarnacion, which I'm doing a Steiner here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, that's not it. That's not it. But I couldn't remember, like, yeah, I just couldn't get there. So, and then so, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm, no, I've already remembered way more. No, uh, you did excellent on this. <laughs> I, I'll say the other was their like sort of utility man that year, uh, Jose Hernandez mm-hmm. hit 13, and which the one I was most surprised about was Alex Cora hit 10. <laughs> hey, that, yeah, that that rings true. I could see yeah. that 10 10's like the exact number you would think. And, and I, that's why I said seven. It was Worf and Cora. I had Cora heading nine. Clear, <laughs> clearly, that was it. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. I love. All right. It's time for. With Jens and Craig. We love them. I really need uh, to uh, bribe Craig to include a hard trivia question for you again, just so I'm not the only oh. one looking like an idiot. <laughs> Uh, just before you a- ask the first question from Craig, uh, I wanted to note that one of the, one of Alex Cora's ten home runs—I forgot which year this was—but I looked it up. Was it the thirteen? Uh, yeah, yeah. A- eighteen pitch at bat with Matt, Matt Clement. <laughs> yeah, so um, we should have known. And here's how like how close I was to being extremely embarrassed by uh, that last trivia question is I did not have Adrian Beltre or um, uh, Sean, Sean Green, Green on on my yeah. little scratch pad here and then like, they came to me as i was answering it thank god that would that would have been bad yeah first question baseball per- prospectuses i cannot talk today i got it right at least rob arthur uh wrote about the 2020 baseball the actual ball it does appear to be traveling a little less than last year which dodger hitter will that affect the most and which dodger pitcher could that benefit uh i'll answer the second part first in that you, you would think since like Kershaw's biggest bugaboo mm-hmm. is giving up home runs like that it would affect him. It sure didn't seem to matter <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? Um, in terms of the hitter, like uh, like who? Yeah, because like, you know, Cody Bellinger wasn't like hitting wall scrapers, you know, uh, necessarily. Similar I, with I'm Max try- Muncy, right? Like he's a yeah. name that kind of came to mind first just because he's so dependent on sort of the true three outcomes but when he hits a home run it tends to not be super close i wonder if it's someone like either like uh kike hernandez Mm. uh who a lot of his value is like crushing lefties and like if some of those aren't home runs if they're just like doubles or, or or less maybe that hurts but then also like will smith you know maybe because a lot of his value was like all the home runs he hit last year um but I, I don't know. That, those just, that's just a guess off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Second question. 
Currently, Austin Barnes has the only sacrifice hit for the Dodgers. Last year, Chris Taylor was the Dodgers' only position player to have at least one sacrifice hit. How many sacrifice hits do you predict for the Dodgers, and who will lead the team? Hmm. So I think I think they're only going to have like four. Yeah. And like it, I since Barnes already has one, say, he's 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 the leader. And he's in the also clubhouse. the the you know Their he's going to be hitter. near the bottom of the. Yeah. He's the worst hitter. Yeah. He's near the yeah. bottom of the lineup. Um, I feel like he's a fairly effective bunter. So like yeah. it just makes a lot of sense for it to be him. Yeah, he's going to have at least two of the four, uh, and and maybe three of the four. So, um, third question for Eric and Jacob: What is the appropriate age to introduce introduce a child to Bob Dylan? I was laughing when I first saw this because I just want to say never. Um, but but no, like I so <laughs> I have a like a weird relationship with Bob Dylan. I was a, I came to him late. So I could tell you my age of coming to to Bob Dylan was like 28, maybe, something like that, uh, 27. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't know. I, I only – but the thing is with Bob Dylan, I only like his like through like 1975. And I, I there's a lot of like people will swear by some of his recent work like the last decade or so, like he's – put out some really good albums i just can't get into it like and it, it's uh it, part of it is like how his voice sounds now he he did it's not like he was like a an opera singer right like where but like he sounds so gravelly uh now it's it's just indistinguishable from what he used to sound like and i can't get past that it's probably a personal failing whatever i just don't like it um but yeah like his from like 63 to 66 there's like four or five albums that were just awesome. And like, like honestly, I could just listen to those and nothing else and I'd be fine from, from Dylan. Um, but in terms of age, like, like is an eight year old really going to care? Like what Bob Dylan's talking about? Like probably not. So like, I think you have to probably be in high school, but like, whatever, if, if it's just playing when they're around, like it, they'll probably get into it when they want to get into it. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I, I'm sure there are people in the world who are, you know, uh, would say something like Bob Dylan is overrated. You know, I like, Mm -hmm. there's that class of people. There's the people who love Bob Dylan. I'm in, I I feel like maybe a minority in that, like, I've just never slightly cared for, for his music, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that's because of any quality on the music. It's just never quite sunk for me, which is a little strange given how much, Americana and folk and sort of senior songwriter stuff I tend to like. Um, so yeah, I don't know. When, whenever. I'm, uh, my, uh, my kid has listened to the new Taylor Swift album about Ooh. seven times because that's what I've been listening to. Uh, I would say uh, if you're going to, if so, for someone like getting into Bob Dylan and like this is just my uh, interpretation is like I think the best like first Dylan album to go to is probably... Um, Probably bringing it all back home. Okay, that's what I. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, and there are there have been artists in my life where you know I'll I'll try to like and Bob Dylan's one of these where I'll, I'll revisit it and it just will never click. Uh, it just hasn't clicked. But then it's the seventh time where either something's occurred in my life or I'm just in a different place, sort of musically, where it, it all of a sudden it makes sense. Joni Mitchell was like that, and now oh, yeah. Gordon Sparker, two of my favorite albums. So uh, I, I'm sure. 
because again, I don't hate the music by any means. I'll keep giving it a shot. And when I do, I will follow your advice. Nice. Number four, the question, the fourth, the fewest number of games played by a 2020 major league baseball game will be less than 50, less than 40. (laughs) Is that team, the Cardinals? Also, will the West Division bubble teams, quote-unquote, play all 60 games? So I think it's inevitable that, like, someone, some team or multiple teams are going to get, like, they're just not going to be able to complete all the makeups. Um, We we talked about this, like, um, a little bit last week, but so in since we recorded, like, MLB came out and, like, said, here's the schedule update, like... um, Remember, like, the Marlins were off for, like, a week. Um, and they're, like, playing really well now. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, the, the like, the Orioles, the the Braves, uh, the Yankees, the Phillies, they all missed time because of, like, related to the Marlins thing. But then the Cardinals had an outbreak, and they're going to end up missing more time than than the Marlins. Um, the, Marl- the Cardinals haven't played since July 29th. And... Their can their weekend series got canceled this weekend. Their 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 next series is probably going to get canceled. Uh, it's nothing's official yet, but I believe the reports are uh, they're playing the Pirates. It, I believe Monday's canceled and Tuesday and Wednesday are like iffy because they're like slowly they they had like two more people test positive Friday and I think one Thursday. So like they're going to be like two weeks without games. Like they've only played five games right now and. So as it's in that revised schedule, um, when MLB put it out, they were supposed they have to play fifty five more games. It was supposed to start Friday, which would have meant fifty five games in fifty two days. Let's do it now. Now it's it's looking like at most they're going to have forty six days to play those fifty five games. So that's almost impossible. Even you could play a bunch of doubleheaders and. But man, it, that I don't. That's going to be tough. So I think it's inevitable that some teams are just going to not play sixty, and I think they're going to have like a situation where um, I don't. I don't know if anyone will be less than fifty. Maybe they are because at, at a certain point they're just like you know what, screw it, we're done. Like, but like I, I don't know uh, what's going to happen, and I think it is inevitable that that someone in the West, like there's bound to be a team like somewhere that's going to have like a rash of positive tests and it's going to affect other teams. So I just think that's inevitable. Um, so yeah, I think, but I, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be less than 50 games for the, for the minimum. Um, but that, that said, like (laughs) given where the Cardinals are, like maybe it is. So that, that's sort of this, this big, uh, unknown question mark right now in the, and uh, in, in just how everything is going to be completed. The final question, luncheon meat, tuna or just yeah. cheese? If you had to make a quick sandwich, what would it be? We, we were talking about sandwiches before we got the questions from Craig, before we recorded. So, like, um, it's funny that he included that. But the I can't see the word luncheon without thinking of the actual, like, luncheon loaf that's usually available in the supermarket that's like where it's like meat product or i don't think they're allowed to call it legally allowed to call it meat um which always grossed me out but (laughs) i i think my default is some sort of some sort of lunch meat like yeah um 
turkey cheese, Tur- yeah. a little bit of mustard, and like one other sauce. Yeah, if I had to make if I had to make it super quick, turkey's the default. Uh, you might mix in a pastrami or a roast beef. A, uh, I guess a like this. I tell you right now, just the other day, I bought turkey and capicola um, uh, from the deli at the store, and then pepper jack cheese. So I've been making mm-hmm. sandwiches with that, and I also have some um, sliced salami in there. So I got I got some variety going. I like. Um, I love uh, like a tuna sandwich is generally even it's weird because I hate mayonnaise, but like I, I the thing is I just don't really eat I don't make tuna tuna like tuna fish I don't make tuna fish at home I I'll eat tuna a lot but usually just literally just the chunk tuna out of the can um, by itself rather than make a sandwich uh, these days but I will like I might get that like at. I guess depending on the restaurant. Like a tuna melt is really good to get somewhere usually. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I would pick lunch lunch meat over over the other three, uh, other two options. Um, yeah. Uh, it's got to have mustard. That's basically my only. only. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I've had this. This would be a good food question, but I'm going to ask it now. No, I won't ask it now. Maybe Craig will oh. ask this later because I, we, you and I could probably go on this forever. But I will quickly mention, how about that? That yes. depending on what I'm eating, mustard is almost never like the number one condiment I want. I think hot dogs are maybe the exception. Uh-huh. But it's the by far the one I put on almost everything. Uh, mm. It's just like, it ba- it's the base of salad dressings. It goes on all of my sandwiches. It goes into... Um, I'll mix it with barbecue sauce if I'm making some sort of barbecue sauce there. So it's the one I couldn't live without, but and it's the base of most of my sandwiches, but I do usually want one other condiment on them. So maybe there'll be a condiment question in our future, Eric. When you, um, on a sandwich, mm-hmm. uh, on like a, a lunch meat sandwich, do you put anything other than mustard on the sandwich? Oh, sure. Oh, like, but I mean, not condiment. Oh, but like, uh, but like, not, not like lettuce or tomato. I mean, like a, um, I guess so- sauce is the wrong word. But like, do you put other, other like something like that on it? Or yeah, not? yeah, yeah. So it'll usually be mustard and let's say barbecue sauce or a hot oh. sauce. A uh, uh, hot sauce is good. I I rarely do that with sandwiches, but like the barbecue sauce thing is new from <laughs> since moving to Kansas City, where I have yeah. access to extremely yeah. high quality barbecue sauces versus yeah. a lot of the stuff I could get in the market in LA. And I'm sure this has changed a little bit, but I I feel like I tried all of them and didn't really like any. And now that you know I've had so many great ones out here, it's uh, become definitely a more frequent addition. So I um. In the last couple of years, I've gotten back into horseradish. My mom used to love horseradish growing up. I, I didn't, I didn't care for it as a kid. You know, the, it was too much for me, like taste-wise, and like probably too hot for my young palate. Um, but like, uh, I will occasionally. I don't have any in the fridge right now. But like, I, I, I don't mind like spreading like horseradish on one slice of the bread and mustard on the other, and uh, making that uh, in the sandwich. But uh, right now in my fridge, I have a jalapeno mustard and I have a horseradish mustard. So it's not it's not quite the same as actually putting horseradish on the sandwich, but uh, it's a good substitute. So, yeah, th- those are my sort of go-tos for sandwiches. All right. I'm going to go make a sandwich. 
uh, and then maybe upload this and then watch a Dodgers game. It's going to be great. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Go eat a sandwich. Go uh, down some mustard, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>